Hello everyone, Connie Myers here, and I'm so excited. I'm back with my dear, dear friend from Australia, Michael Atma. Welcome, Michael. Hello, and yeah, thank you for uh, joining Connie and myself uh, for today's session. Yes, uh, I, I, you know what, I was gonna try and figure out how many of these we've done now. I think we've done quite a few. Oh, maybe, maybe 10, six Yeah, to that's 10. kind of what I'm thinking, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, it's always such a pleasure to, to be able to have you on with me. And so today, what we're going to talk about, I just got back from my retreat in Mexico. And they're very intimate retreats. Uh, we never have any more than eight. And this time, we only had five. And it was extremely interesting how much deeper we could dive with fewer people. So it was it was really interesting to um, see how people opened up more and and what I'm discovering is really I think the smaller sometimes might be the better and I, I think you could probably get it too small I mean I think two would not be enough but um, but certainly uh, with five I think five or six might be the magic number for getting people to really really open up have you done any small events like that Michael. Yeah, look, I've done, I, obviously, when we're starting out in business, sometimes the numbers aren't, aren't there while we're kind of getting known. Yeah, I've worked with um, one person when I first started, and you know, I've worked with 2,000, so I've kind of been in between that range. <laughs> <laughs> well, I typically have somewhere around eight. We usually get, get to eight. But I've never wanted it to be any more than that, only because I do want people to feel comfortable mm -hmm. and being able to open up about themselves and be vulnerable. Yeah. And what I discovered with this retreat uh, was that people really opened up. And maybe it was just the, the group of people it was. They were, uh, for the first time, they were all ladies. Uh, normally, there's usually a man or two in there. And also, they were all single. Mm -hmm. So it was... Um, they were all, and they were a little bit younger. So yeah. I don't know if maybe they were a little more willing to be vulnerable or, or exactly what, but uh, it was fascinating to me having done, uh, this was my sixth one that I've done. And having watched the different ones and they all take on a personality. I'm sure you've seen this too with the stuff you do. Uh, yeah. There's this, it has its own personality and yeah. These ladies dove really deep. I mean, they, first of all, they bonded instantly. Yeah. And, and then they, they really opened up from the first night on. We always start the retreat in the evening on Monday. And uh, we have everybody do some clearing and opening up and get rid of any stuff that they have that they're hanging on to. So we go through a process to do that. And then the next day, we really dive deep into uh, what who they were and what they were doing now and how to where they wanted to go and it was it was totally fascinating to me that to see how much more open they were to one another mm. now i don't know have you had any experience maybe it has something to do with with age group or or something but um i just really felt like it was they felt super safe and super comfortable yeah and i think that's the key point you know it, for any of us, um, whether we're with one person or we're, we're with several people, we really, you hit the nail on the head. If we don't feel safe, why would we risk exposing, you know, who we are 
um, because you know that we're vulnerable to judgment, criticism, attack, and all that kind. Of, I mean, me personally, I actually thrive on that stuff. Like if people come at me, uh, I it kind of I step up and I go, okay, so I, I'm kind of rather than I get I shut down, I step up. And but I've had to train myself to do that because our natural tendency in our society is to, you know, we're taught by our parents, shut up, be a good boy, be a good girl, do as you're told, you know, conform, 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 conform. So we're squashed and suppressed. And so naturally then when somebody kind of gets angry or authoritative, uh, you know, and, or controlling and, you know, is in our face, we revert back to our inner child that's like, oh, shit, you know, I don't want to get in trouble. Um, I need to be safe and secure and hide myself. Well, I've unprogrammed that bullshit because it's just bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it's a good really, thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's total brainwashing and programming from childhood to believe that we're not enough. And it's just garbage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's one of the really important things that we do at the retreat is getting over all of that childhood garbage. Yeah. And it's it's really interesting how we, you know, as babies, it, we start it starts when we're infants and it goes all the way through school. And then and then we're supposed to go out into society and be open and be uh, excited about what we're doing and We've got all this childhood stuff that's holding us back from even talking. Yeah. Well, I read an article the other day. Look, I, I've, I've done a lot of inner child work, and but there was an article that really stood out for me. And basically, they said that if you're not, if your parents don't, from the moment you're born, kind of give you physical contact and show you love and tell you that you're loved from day one, um, then that creates a whole bunch of, you know, um, programming for you where you're now, you don't believe that you deserve love, you know, at a very deep core level of belief. And it's really true because my mum told me that when I was three months old, I was crying one night, my dad went into my room and well, went, in, went into the room <clears throat> and he said enough and he put me in a room and shut the door and, and he said to my mum, um, you don't, whatever you do, <clears throat> do not go in and grab the child. We He needs to learn that we're not going to come when he calls. So that was my conditioning about around, you know, if I need, if I have a need um, and I'm scared uh, and I'm frightened and I'm lost and I'm abandoned, that there's no hope. That's never going to change for me. So, you know, that created a big scar, what I call an abandonment wound, which a lot of children have. And I had to work through that so that, you know, that showed up in my relationships as I was needy as I was possessive, as I was jealous. That's how that showed up for me, that wound. And as I saw those things appear inside myself and in my behavior, I recognized the wound. And so I went about then to heal the wound. Now it doesn't show up at all. Those things don't show up and I'm free from that stuff. But that's what I mean by, you know, we're programmed from so young and it then impacts the quality of our finances, of our health, of our happiness, of our self-esteem, of our confidence, um, of you know, of our professional lives, even as you would know. So yeah, it's huge. Yeah, I, I think I think uh, my programming as a child because I was quite sick, and I I didn't want to be around people, so I did everything I could to hide, mm. and and so that that transferred into my adulthood. And it's actually something, if I'm in a large group of people, I want to participate, 
but mm-hmm. I always I, I always catch myself holding back and not and not speaking up and not taking a stand, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty crazy to be seventy years old and you're still hanging on to stuff that you know that was uh, from when you were a baby. <laughs> Well, and then, and then we have all these labels for things like depression and introvert and extrovert and um, yeah, anxiety. We've got all these labels around our behaviour and things that are not necessarily what they appear to be. Because as an example, I would have labelled myself an introvert for the first 20 years of my life because I was bullied at school. Um, I had low self-esteem. I, you know, I, had no, I didn't know how to connect to people because I was disconnected. My parents never connected with me, so I had no idea what it meant to feel feel a connection of love or connect to people. So I, I was really in. Uh, but, you know, that's not who we are. That's just the behaviour. Yeah. So we really got to understand the difference. And, you know, if you're watching this, it's really important to understand that your behaviour and even the psychological labels that might be put on you, such as, you know, you're an introvert or you're an extrovert or you're this or you're that or you're dominant or you're submissive. No. None of those things are true. They're behavioural traits that we've adopted because of a set of circumstances that don't have to flow through as true for the rest of our lives. We can break the mould. We can break free because, you know, as a spiritual being, whatever God you believe in, our spirit is, is completely and totally free. It's free. In other words, there are no rules, there are no boundaries, it's not introverted, it's not extroverted, you know, it's not depressed, it's not anxious, it doesn't experience those things. And as we step into our mastery, we then get to play with those things because as as we walk towards our self-mastery, what we tend to notice is now instead of being an introvert or thinking I'm an introvert, we get to play with it. So at times when we want to be quiet and self-reflective, we choose that. But at times when we want to get on stage and present and, you know, engage a hundred, a thousand, ten thousand people like Tony Robbins as an example, we step into that and we play with that. So in other words, our ego no longer controls us. We are the one that's driving the bus now. I, I talked a lot about uh, charting the course uh, at this last week. And I think what you're talking about is really important because if you're going to chart the course, you have to be in control of, of your being. Yes. You have, to, you have to be able to, to if you're going to know where you're going to go, you have to really understand who you are and be able to actually take the steps necessary to step into whatever that vision is that you have for your life. And, yeah. But it starts by really understanding, first of all, understanding and releasing the things that are holding you back. Exactly. I mean, t- taking a look at, uh, and even I even had a little bit of a breakthrough uh, at the retreat because I I catch myself not wanting to say something that I know is valid, and even to this day I'm 70 years old for goodness sakes, and and I'm holding back. I don't know why. I don't know what I'm waiting for, but I, I realized that it was just all because I I didn't talk as a child. I, I withdrew myself. And and even though I had something I know that was valid to say, now when I'm putting my co- my coaching hat on or my retreat hat on, oh yeah, I'm full bore. But when I'm having a conversation, I still catch myself kind of hanging on to things, you know? One of the, and what you say this is just so important. Two things. Number one, you caught that. You saw it. So we can't change what we don't see. 
You know, we can't change what we're not aware of. You caught yourself in a pattern of holding back from saying what you felt intuitively was the right thing to say or share. Um, and But the fact that you caught that meant that you then had the choice to either express or not. And that's that's freedom. It's really just the choice and the awareness that we have a choice rather than um, habitually thinking and speaking and behaving in exactly the same ways we've always behaved to get exactly the same results that we've always gotten. So that to me is, is, the, is the gift of, um, of awareness. And to me, the superpower that humans have is awareness. And it's, it's really underrated. But if, if I could say that I'm, I help people to do anything with their lives, it's to become more aware of the choices that they can make from moment to moment. Because without that awareness of the choices that we could be making, you know, and the choices are simple. We either react as we always have, or we respond with awareness of what's true and right for us in this moment. Absolutely. I, I, we, we talked a lot about self-awareness because in order to create a vision for yourself, you have to be completely aware of what it is that is really that you want. And in order to do that, you have to be very aware of what's going on with your inner voice, with your being. Um, we actually, um, I thought about you while we were there because we, we had uh, Jody Friedman came and she did the meditations for us. Yeah. And um, two of the gals had never meditated before in their life. And, and they were just in awe of meditation. And yeah. I, you know, we talked about what better way to get become self-aware than, than going to meditation and taking the time to, to center yourself and be present. And they, that was one of their big takeaways. Both of them told me when they left the retreat that that was one of the things that they loved the most was yeah. learning how to meditate. Yeah. And don't you, don't you think that, I mean, meditation plays such a key role in, in how we overcome any kind of self-doubts or not something that's happened from our childhood. Being able to go into meditation and being able to, to um, bring something up that you maybe want to work on and yeah. breathing into that and releasing it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and you know, meditation really, at its core, is 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 the awareness of um, our thoughts. It's being aware of our thoughts and being aware of our feelings and being aware of our physical environment to the degree that it does. Those things are no longer manipulating or controlling us unconsciously. We're now consciously aware of our stream of thoughts. As an example, we're consciously aware of our emotions as they arise. And we're consciously aware of the physical sensations and the triggers that may be occurring within us as people are even talking to us. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's one of the most powerful tools for for joyful living that I've ever come across. And you know, I've been teaching it for twenty years. But for me, what it's given me is a is a peacefulness, an inner peace that uh, that creates resilience, that allows or enables me to have resilience to stress, to anxiety to the pressures of everyday life. It doesn't mean that shit doesn't happen. It just means that when that shit happens, uh, I am able to process that and deal with that way easier and simpler and faster than say, before I meditated, which, you know, and by, as an example, I never go to bed at night with anything, any baggage. I never go to bed at night with anything unresolved from the day. It doesn't happen. It hasn't happened for like 20 years ever since I started meditating because I'm able to just release things and move on. 
Uh, that was one of the things we actually practiced at the retreat. We taught, I had them actually do some exercises and then we would get up and we would just walk around a little bit and we would breathe and I would, uh, I would have them just breathe and, and meditate for about two minutes. And then we would sit back down and we'd go back to work. And it was amazing. They, they all, they, they all commented on the fact that it seemed like they had, uh, you know, they just got taken a short nap that mm -hmm. they were all of a sudden they were alert and aware of where mm -hmm. they were. And I said, well, that's that's what the gift of meditation is really all about. And you don't need to have a half an hour, you know, or 20 minutes to yeah. one or two minutes will do the trick. Yeah, I, I teach a 30 second meditation. In fact, I'll share one with with people that, that you know, if you're watching now, here's oh, a that would be awesome. Yes, absolutely. Real simple. You know, we can use our senses. It's one of the simplest ways to meditate. And the way that that works is um, you can be sitting right where you are now and just listen to the sounds around you. Close your eyes. You don't even need to close your eyes. Just listen to the sounds, but listen without analyzing, without judging, without interpreting. Just listen and, and allow the sounds and then listen for more sounds. Listen to sounds close to you. Listen to sounds far away from you. Go and sit outside. Listen to the birds. Listen to the cars go by. Listen to the planes flying overhead. Listen to the wind. Just listen, but don't think, I oh, hear yeah, birds playing cars, listen and, and, and allow the sounds as if almost as if they're flowing, coming in through your ears and flowing out through your body. Just listen. It's called allowing, just allowing the sounds. And that's what you need to do. It's that simple. Just sit and listen to the sounds in and around you for two minutes, one minute, 30 seconds. That centers you, clears your mind and off you go. Oh, Michael, that was awesome. Yes. I totally, I get that. If somebody, if somebody says to you, well, I've tried meditating and I can't do it. What's your response? I've had the wrong teacher. <laughs> I haven't met a person. I've taught thousands of people. I haven't met a, an actual living human being that can't meditate. Anybody can meditate. <laughs> it's just that a lot of people have a misconceived idea of meditation based on, you know, the monk sitting there meditating eight hours a day and mind. The, the, the number one misconception is that your mind's meant to stop thinking. It's actually not, that's not going to happen. <laughs> that's no. not meditation. That's torture. That's torturing yourself. <laughs> that's called masochism. It's like sitting down, you know, we, 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 our ego is what runs our lives. So when we sit down and tell the ego to shut up because we want it to be quiet, we want it to be quiet, the ego's job is to not be quiet. It's that <laughs> program. So it, you're trying to tell your, your ego to do something that's against its nature, which is never going to work. <laughs> so, yes, they, they just haven't had the right um, tutoring. They haven't had the right instruction. They haven't been given the right way of thinking and approaching meditation that's going to work for them. I can basically teach anyone to meditate anytime, anywhere, on a bus, in a train, in bed, when they wake up at night, if they're feeling sick, if they're like worried or anxious, anytime, anywhere, basically you doing anything. <laughs> I, I absolutely swear by, I listen to guided meditation if I wake up in the middle of the night. And uh, I know if I, if I open my eyes, I can tell whether or not, okay, I'm awake or I'm going to be able to go back to sleep. Yeah. And the minute that I'm realized, okay, I'm going to, I'm, this is one of those awake times. Um, I just turn on a soft meditation and listen to it. And it just calms me down and puts me right back to sleep. Yeah, yeah. And basically the type of meditation that I find works for most Western people, because understand there are Eastern 
there's more Eastern orientated people, which they're more naturally meditative, like in Indian, you know, in India, as an example. Um, they're more naturally meditative in their culture. So they're not as intellectually kind of focused as we are. So our minds are really busy. We have 70, around 70,000 thoughts a day. So our minds are like, they call it the monkey mind. It's just like buzzing bees all the time. It never shuts up. Even when we sleep, our mind st is still busy, which is why we dream. So for, in order for us to quiet the mind so that we do feel more relaxed and more centered and balanced, we need to use the mind. And so that's the... That's the basic foundation. If you want to start and you're, you've tried meditation and it's not working for you, you want to get into it, work with your mind. Um, it, it's, about, it, it's, it's, not, it's about letting your mind do its job. So that's why we give the mind things to focus on in meditation. So here's a real simple one. Breathe in, just watch the breath come in, breathe and count and breathe and count one, breathe out, watch the breath come out, count two. Breathe in, watch the breath come in, count three. Breathe out, watch the breath come out, or feel the breath come out, count four. And then go back to one again. Now you're giving the mind a job to do. It's watching the breath, it's counting the numbers, it's actually busy. But it's busy on something that's not going to drain you now. It's busy on something right. that's not going to stress you out. It's busy on something that's going to help the mind. It's almost like rocking the baby to sleep. It's busy on with something that's nurturing the, the body that's nurturing the mind and that's when the mind goes quiet because it's now not occupied with something some craziness from the past or some fear about the future <laughs> right exactly exactly well well that that is very helpful i mean um i it took me a long time to really realize that the brain wasn't supposed to completely stop you know i kept thinking what am i doing wrong because the brain is still going and and it took me a while to figure out, well, that's what it's supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so here's the thing. As we meditate and we practice more, what happens is we, we, stand, we our thoughts tend to become more distant. So they're still happening, but now they're like cars on a freeway and we're sitting on the side of the freeway watching the cars go by. Instead of we get pulled into our thoughts and we're the car in the freeway. It's a really good analogy. That's so a great analogy. Yeah. yeah, while we're going through life believing that we're the car on the road on a busy freeway, which is a, a thought that we're caught up in, or we learn to step back and observe our thoughts. And, and if we want to, we can, get, we can go into a thought stream if it's for our work or if it's for something that we need to be productive with. But if it's something that's not productive, that's stress, that's cause, that could be potentially stressful or and cause anxiety for us, we can step back from that and just allow it to come and go without it bothering us at all. Well, I have to, I have to say we did quite a bit of meditating and a lot of practice at, at the retreat. And maybe that's why everybody was able to dive as deep as they were. It was actually the very first retreat that once they created their visions, they actually started working on them before they even left Mexico. I mean, typically I, I do like a follow-up Zoom call with everybody like about two or three weeks later to make sure that they've started the process. Well, these ladies, they were already in the middle of doing it before they even left, which, and I think maybe because we did do a lot of meditating and yeah. I did have them get up and just make sure they were staying present. And, and so I really think maybe that is why they were able to dive so deep and why they were so able to, to step into uh, the lives that they wanted to live because they certainly 
went a lot further than any of the other retreats I've done. And and you, you're quite you, you, you're right. You're absolutely right because meditation and what a lot of people don't understand creates what's called whole um, whole brain activation. In other words, the right side of the brain, which is our creative, intuitive side, starts talking to the left side of the brain, which is our analytic, analytical, rational thinking side of the brain. In our society today, because we're on our devices so much and we're you know we're we're very much in automatic mode. Um, we don't need to use our creative side of our brain because, you know, we look at Google to find answers to things as an example. So we don't have to have um, problems. We don't do a lot of problem solving on average in our society anymore. You know, a lot of kids today can't even add up because, you know, they don't even understand English language properly because they don't need to. They've got it all there. They just got to type something in and, and the answer's there for them. So we're getting lazier mentally as a society rather than getting more creative and inspired and bringing through our inner genius because we're not tapping into that part of our brain anymore. I actually think we're getting dumber. So the way to break free from that, and a lot of people say we're getting smarter. Yes, technologically smarter, but um, <laughs> but in terms of wisdom, we're, no, we're, we're actually devolving. So to increase our, our creativity, we meditate and it creates new neural pathways. And that allows our creativity to flow easily. We can solve problems easier. We are more inspired and feel like doing things. And it's easy for us to do things that are creative that we need to problem solve and think about. So you're right. Uh, I, I just thank you for explaining that because um, I don't know that people really understand the true power of meditation. Um, I think it takes some practicing to do and and I think yeah I think everybody has this preconceived notion that you know you got to have a half an hour and you got to sit with your legs crossed on the floor and you know and you got to go mm, and 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 that's the furthest thing from the truth. Uh, you can meditate driving a car, so mm -hmm. it's it's just it's just a matter of bringing yourself present and being able to breathe really. It's the simplest meditation of all is being aware of the breath coming in, the breath coming out. I'm breathing in and saying to yourself, breathing in, breathing out. That's it. And as you said, you can do that while you're in the car. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, it's we've already been on a half an hour. Can you believe that? <laughs> anyway, well, it was. And, and, and we've, got, we've got some people watching. I can see. Yes, we here. do. We have a few people. I can't see well, their names. At, at my end, they don't show me the name. So hello, everybody. I can't see who you are, but welcome yeah. and thank you for joining us. Yeah, I would have loved to be able to interact, um, you know, with questions and so on. But I can't. Not, I don't see any questions. I don't see any comments or anything on my no, side. No, I, I, I don't see any comments either. But, uh, but anyway, but thank you everybody for joining us for sure. I next uh, next month, uh, Michael, you have an idea of what you want to talk about? Not at the moment, but what I do want to say is if you're watching the replay and it's not too late, come and join, you know, just come and join me. I've got a group called Transcend on Facebook. Just um, just do a hashtag Transcend and you'll find it. You'll see my picture there. Come and join. It's a private group. But if you want to learn more about meditation and some of these, yeah, and, and I share a lot of techniques and stuff that helps with the mind and inner peace and balance in your life, come and join me because it's it's free. And we have fun, and it's a growing group of people who really want to uh, master their mind and, and be free from the programming and from the our childhood, you know, the, the childhood stuff that gets in the way of us living a really full, free, and happy life. 
So come and join me there. It's Michael Atma Transcend Group in Facebook. And I can I can confirm that it's an absolutely amazing group. And he posts some really incredible, insightful information. So yes, check him out. You can also check me out at Connie Myers, founder of Crystal Lane Moment Success Movement. And I have a new book that's going to be available. Uh, yes, I finished it. It's good. I'm going to offer a ebook for free. Um, so I'll be posting that actually on the Crystal Lane Moments page. So it's, it should be up by tomorrow, I believe. So as soon as it is, I'll be putting a link out to everybody. So um, I would love to have you get a free copy of the book. It's called The Five Aspects of Kick-Butt Leadership. So what, what, what book number is this for you, Connie? Because I know you've written quite a few bestsellers. Uh, this will be my uh, sixth book. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I'm so excited. I can't wait to read it. Uh, it's 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 uh, it's. It's a, a kind of a, a an oversight of the class I just finished that's going to be posting called Crystalline Leadership Vision. And vision is an acronym. It's visionary, impactful, strategic, inspirational, organized, and a navigator. And, and so I'm very excited. That's actually being uploaded out as, as we speak. So I'll have a whole package coming out very soon. Oh, powerful. Gosh. Yeah. Powerful. Uh, yeah. And the last thing I want to say, too, is... If you're if you um, if you are looking to come and join my group, I'm running a free event right now called uh, Three Days to Awaken Your Spirit, and people are having massive breakthroughs in that in this particular challenge that I'm running. It runs till the end of this week. So if you're watching this now and you feel drawn, your intuition is saying, "Hey, yeah, I would love to awaken more, have more spirit, <laughs> you know, awaken to more of my spirit in my everyday life." Come join us because it's it's really practical, simple tools to help you to live a more spiritually aligned life. Soon as I get off, I'm going to go on. I hadn't seen that, but that I've been a little busy with Mexico, so. <laughs> yes. and, and and healing. <laughs> <laughs> and healing, yeah. It's been a, it's been a, a, a kind of a crazy few days. Anyway, by so my. Asking by the way, you the question you asked earlier about you know people seem to go deeper in your retreat. The reality is one, the other side of the coin is that you showed up differently, that you created, you just, you, we all, as you know, we're, you're not the same person doing this retreat as you did the last retreat. No. So you bring that to the retreat too. And so therefore it starts with you. The space in the container that is created at a retreat starts with a facilitator. And so that to me says everything about you as well. Oh, thank you. I have to tell you, I always tell people that I get out more out of the retreat than anybody else. I mean, I really believe that because I walk away. Everybody says, aren't you tired? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm raring to go and I'm excited and inspired. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's just, I think it's because of the depth we go to, I think we really, everybody bonds so closely and um, everybody, I mean, even from the first one I did, they still stay in touch with one another. And that was three years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, that says something about the kind of bonding that takes place there. And um, we, we do have an incredible, we give a lot of back. This time we went to an orphanage rather than going to the school. Wow. At the boys orphanage with 33 boys. And we gave them uh, some money to for some supplies and things. And I was up in front of all the boys and I just wanted to grab them all and take them all home with me. It was like, yeah. But yeah, so it's it's very, we do a lot of fun things besides just diving deep. Yeah, wow. 
Oh, yeah. That's the, yeah, and I, I wholeheartedly agree with you that, you know, when we do what we love, it, it, time's irrelevant. It's, it, it is. It's, it's, there's no way to describe it. I, th I think that's, I hope that that's what people take away from the retreat is that if you are living your passion, and I certainly am, and I know you are, Michael, um, it, first of all, it's not work, number one. Number two, the gifts that continue, you continue to receive uh, are, there's no way to describe the gratitude you, you have for what you're doing. And the more gratitude you have, the more gratitude you get, the more successes you have, the more successes you receive. And it just, it, it's overflowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I can say, maybe that's the topic, our next topic is, you know. Oh, there you go. There you have how to find and live your purpose and break free from from the mundane everyday shackles of life. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. All right, well, Michael, thank you again for coming out of your busy, busy schedule and, and joining me. And for all of you that joined us, thank you so much. If you're on the replay, please put hashtag replay. And if you have any questions, please post them. And we, Michael and I will answer them for sure. And we'll be back in a month. We'll post the dates here shortly. And anyway, so welcome and, and thank you everybody for joining us. Thanks everybody. <laughs>